It's great to be back with you today on Search the Scriptures. We welcome all of our listeners. It is a real blessing for us to be able to be with you each day on this program to open up God's Word and study from all of those rich teachings. God's Word is so filled with not just encouraging writing, but we're talking about messages of life. There are some of those teachings that are rebukes and corrections, things that tell us you're going to stop living this way and here's the way you ought to live. But even those negatives, that if we want to call them negatives, they're there for our good, for our well-being. But then think also of all of the promises and the blessings and the direction and the encouragements that are given in God's Word. All of that put together are there for our well-being, to give us and to guide us in the best life that anyone can live in this world, and also to point us with not just a wild dream, but with the expectation, the assurance of eternal life with God and Christ in heaven, life with them forever and ever. How blessed we are to have the Bible. And we pray that as you continue to listen and study with us and search the scriptures from day to day, that you're growing in your knowledge of God's word and that you're coming closer to God as a result and that ultimately you will make that right decision and come to God and be obedient to him, his way. It's good for me to be here today with you along with my brothers in Christ, Dennis Stackhouse, Dwayne Kennedy. Dwayne, good to be with you today in the program. Thank you, Gary. As always, it's good to be on the program with you as well. And it's good to know that our listeners are out there tuning in. Thank you for tuning in again. And if this is your first time, welcome to Search the Scriptures. We hope that each of you are encouraged by the study that we have today. It is always a blessing to study God's Word, but it is more of a blessing to share that with other people and to know that those people are gaining knowledge about God for this is God's desire and a desire and knowledge that will lead to salvation and we hope that that works for you. If you live in Omaha we invite you to be at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. If you live in other cities and you are listening to this program find the Church of Christ in your area. They will welcome you and be encouraged as we are encouraged. It's good to be on the program with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Duane and Gary. I'm certainly very honored and privileged to be with you both on the show today. And I'd like to extend a word of welcome also to those listening. We're certainly pleased you've tuned in to Search the Scriptures today. And we do hope that this will be time well spent as we again endeavor to look at God's Word And certainly we get into it in a very detailed manner. And yet, at the same time, we strive to make these teachings simple to understand. We try to make them concise. We try to make them as easy as possible to grab, if you will, and to apply in our own lives. And really, that's what God intends. Not just to be someone who hears the word, but also to be someone who does the word or puts it into application. We hope that you're doing that very thing. Thank you for being with us. And not just hearing, but also doing the word is again, a scriptural concept. Certainly is. James chapter one and verse 25. Yes. 
And we need to understand that that's what God expects of us. Yes. He does. Not just to hear, not just to hear and believe, not just to hear and believe and acclaim our belief, mm-hmm. but to hear and believe and be obedient to, to mm-hmm. live by his teachings. Right. We're asking the question in this series of studies, we're wondering, are you being careless with your soul? Now, again, this is a soul-searching question. Right. And that not with any unnecessary uh, play on words there. It, mm-hmm. it really is a soul-searching question. It is. As we brought out, I'm not sure that a lot of people stop and think about the fact that they are the possessors of their soul. Yes. Mm-hmm. But that is exactly what Scripture indicates to us. It certainly does. And we've looked at, in Matthew chapter 13... And verses, uh, verses 44 through 46, and also Matthew chapter 16 and verse 26, we've seen this concept of our possessing our souls and also of our souls being more valuable than anything else that we could possibly possess in this world laid out for us. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And laid out for us by the Lord himself. Yes, that may not be something that we, we think about as much as we ought. We ought to think about it daily, and even more if we could. That is the value of our souls, how precious a possession we really have. You know, you're right, Dwayne. We, we ought to really guide and govern our lives as much as we can do that. And, of course, we want to let God be the governor of our lives, but we, wanna, we have to make those decisions, and we have to make the decision to live by his teachings. But as much as, as, as that falls within the realm of our personal responsibility, we need to stop and think on a daily basis, I, I need to be living toward heaven. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I, my soul's salvation is what I'm ultimately about here. Mm-hmm. That's right. I think that's the very thing that Paul was speaking about in Philippians 3, verses 12 through 14. And as you come down toward the end of that 14th verse, he said, I press on toward the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And I believe he's speaking about heaven. Yes. Yeah. And in that text, he, he, that general text, he says, this one thing I do. He did. In other words, this is the most important thing. And this is first and primary in my focus That's right. And that is to get to heaven. And I think focus is the right way to view that, Gary. He was very, very much an individual with a singular purpose or focus. After being converted to Christ, I want to get to heaven. That's right. And he also wanted to help other people get there. And he did to a large extent. Yes. And you cannot help somebody get to heaven if you're not going yourself. That's right. So we need to get that concept out of our, head, out of our heads. You know, the, the, the old adage, well, don't do as I do, do as I say. That's yeah. always been nonsense. Mm-hmm. If you're not going, you're not going to take anybody with you. That's right. Now, are you being careless with your soul? The soul is more valuable than anything else that we can possibly possess. We looked at numerous passages of Scripture that, that show us that our soul is so valuable in God's eyes, that he sent his son to the cross to die so that we might live. Mm -hmm. Now, 
in our last program, we tried to emphasize that when we die physically, we lose everything connected with our physical life. Mm -hmm. We're not going to take anything from this physical realm with us when we die physically. That's right. If we lose our eternal soul, we don't just lose everything that we possessed physically, we lose everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Everything. Now that needs to sink into our, our skulls. Yes, it does. We lose everything. Let's turn to Luke chapter 21 and read verse 19. Dwayne, how about reading that for us? By your patience, possess your souls. If anybody still struggles with the concept that our soul is a possession that we have, right. that should relieve them of any discomfort or, or question. It's pretty clear. By your patience, possess your souls. Mm -hmm. The most valuable possession we have is our soul. Yes. Are you being careless with your soul? Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 2 and let's read some passages along that try to, well, they don't just try to, they do encourage us to keep the right focus. And that right focus should be primarily on our spiritual lives. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Dennis? Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? That first verse there in chapter 2 of Hebrews, let us give the more earnest heed, or we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Mm -hmm. Boy, what a rich imagery that is. You know, I've, I've used to do a great deal of fishing, and I've done a fair amount in a boat. If you are fishing in a boat without an anchor, you're going to drift away. Going to drift. <laughs> yes, indeed. Current's going to carry. It's that's right. Now, I used to live for many years on the Gulf Coast. I have been in a boat right out of the edge of the Gulf of Mexico. And you look off in one direction and there's land, the marshland, and you might see some houses. You certainly see, you know, trees and greenery, vegetation, all that all over the place. You look in the other direction and boy, that's just one big expanse of water out there. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know how I would deal with the reality that somehow I might have fallen asleep in that boat and there was no anchor lowered, and I woke up later, and I couldn't see any land because I had drifted away from the shore. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the concept that the Hebrews writer is trying to get across here. We need 
to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard. In other words, the things we've been taught scripturally, lest we drift away. We don't want to drift away from God. Mm-hmm. No. We don't want to drift away from our only Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. We don't want to drift away from the solid teachings of God's word, the truth mm-hmm. of his teachings, because it is the truth that will make us free, John 8 and verse 32. Mm-hmm. And you know, Gary, it's interesting along this line, there are those who believe that once a person has become a Christian, they can't drift away. They can't be lost. And again, that's not what the Hebrews writer is indicating here. In fact, he goes on with... And he's writing this to Christians, isn't he? He's writing to Christians. And if you look at some of the things he said in chapter 6 of this letter, it becomes abundantly clear that a person can indeed fall away from the faith. In verses 4 through 6 of chapter 6, he said, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened, talking about Christians, and have tasted the heavenly gift, and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's no way to do that without becoming a Christian. That's right. In verse 5, And have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. Look at verse 6. If they fall away. Right to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. To renew them again Mm -hmm. to repentance. That's right. Now, renew means to bring back. That's right. And again is double emphasis there. Mm -hmm. And repentance, Mm -hmm. okay? Renew again to repentance. Come Mm -hmm. back to repentance. Well, that's it. They've drifted away. You can fall away from the faith unless you take proper precautions. Right. Don't be careless with your soul. Yes. Yes. Don't be careless with your soul. Now, and when we come back to chapter 2 of Hebrews, and we look at verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? And that salvation is there for those who have already been blessed with it. He's talked about, lest you drift away, verse 1. Verse 3, now, if you neglect so great a salvation, we need to not be careless with our soul. Mm -hmm. We need not to not be negligent of our salvation because condemnation is the result of that. Mm -hmm. Let's look a little further. Let's turn to 2 John, I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 2. And how about reading verses 15 through 17? Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. John is painting a contrast there between the temporal or temporary affairs of this life, this world, with the eternal matters of heaven. Mm -hmm. And he says, now look, 
your life should not be focused primarily on and in this world because what's going to happen to this world? It's passing away. It's going to pass away. We can look at other passages that, that tell us that it's going to pass away with fervent heat. It's going to burn up. All right. Mm-hmm. So it's going to pass away. And everything connected with this world on the physical plane is going to pass away with it. Right. Mm-hmm. So if our lives are centered primarily in this temporal, temporary existence that we live in right now, this world, we don't have any hope for eternity, do we? No. So our focus needs to be on the eternal. It needs to be on the spiritual. It needs to be on our soul's salvation. Don't be so focused on the affairs of this physical, temporary life that you're neglecting, that you're being careless with your soul's salvation. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21, we see this particular point made in a little different terminology. It, It focuses on something that I think virtually every single one of us can relate to in a pretty ready way. How does that read, Dennis? Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. All of us can relate to money, can't we? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Got to have money to live in this world. Yes, we do. At least in our society. Now, there might still be a few places where you can barter, you know, uh, for your existence. But in this society, you've got to have money to exist, to live, to function. Economy is, to a great extent, the engine that drives this society. Now, since we can relate to that, we understand that it is important. Mm -hmm. But Jesus says that better not be the most important thing in your life. When he says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, he's talking about your primary treasure, isn't he? What is most important to you? Mm -hmm. We should not lay up anything in this physical world that could hinder us from looking toward our eternal life with God and Christ in heaven. Mm-hmm. That's right. And when he says, he says there again, and, and this, this goes along with what we read a few moments ago in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, this world is passing away. He says, look, money, along with everything else we can understand in this world, it's going to waste away, right. going to mm-hmm. corrode, going to decay. Mm-hmm. But if your treasure is spiritual, if it's laid up in heaven, no decay there, mm-hmm. right? no fading away. And if we're going there, it'll be to our benefit. We can't take anything that we gain on this earth with us. No, we cannot. That's right, Dwayne, and that's a good point. The physical things are going to be left here. But if our treasure is in heaven, that's one thing that will go with us because if 
we're truly storing up our treasures in heaven, on that last day, we can be assured that our name will be recorded in that book of life that we read about in Revelation 20, verse 12. Peter talks about that as an eternal inheritance. Mm -hmm. Think about that person who realizes that, okay, they've had an uncle pass away or a grandparent, and they've left them some kind of, some kind of endowment, an inheritance. But... They cannot receive it until they reach a certain age in their life. Mm -hmm. And so they get to that particular age. They've looked forward to it for a number of years. They get to that particular age. The clock ticks away. Their birthday comes. And now they can claim that inheritance. Right. Well, imagine if our hearts are right, if our perspective is right, if our focus is right, if we've laid up that primary treasurer in our life in heaven, then even when our heart is beating its last beat, we can look forward to claiming our eternal reward, mm -hmm. life with God and Christ in heaven. Mm -hmm. That's where our treasure ought to be. We ought not be careless with our soul. And how tragic to carelessly build our security on things of this world only to find ourselves unprepared when our soul is required of us. Yes. Let's close by reading Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 21, and then we'll come back and we'll look at this text in more detail in our next program. The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many good goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you, then whose will be or whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. He thought he had it, didn't he? Yes. Man, he had accumulated so much he had to build greater storage buildings just to keep it all. And he thought, this is it. I am set for many years. And at that particular point in his life, God said, you're a fool. This night, your soul will be required of you. And the sense being, you're not taking any of this with you. Mm -hmm. And the conclusion of the text, so is he who lays up treasures on this earth and is not rich toward God. This world, this existence, this life is not what it's all about. It's eternity. It's heaven. It's your eternal soul's salvation. Don't be careless with your soul. Contact us today and ask for that free Bible study and learn how you can get ready for eternity, how you can pay the proper attention to your soul. Don't wait. Contact us right now.